Welcome to the MRAC Film Club, where we talk about monsters, roaring, and climbing. We are a monthly film discussion crew. What we do here is one of us chooses a theme for the month, this month being Bong Joon-ho. And we meet weekly to discuss a single film. This week, it is The Host from 2006. Occasionally, we've got supplementals going on. We do have one tonight. Uh, When Barking Dogs... No, nope, that's oh not God. what it's called. <laughs> I, I don't think you got it right last week either for a single time. No, I, no. Wait, that wasn't a joke. Barking, barking dogs the name. never bite. No, I, yeah. I I forgot the name. Yeah, barking dogs never bite, right? And there are spoilers <laughs> about we're going to spoil everything. We spoil your day, your night, your evening. And who are we? I am from California, the Shotmaster General. And with me, as always, from the backwoods of Maine, Brian. Uh, I'm a resident science bitch. And from the state of Rhode Island, Pete. How's everybody doing? And coming at you from the country of Teguk, which is... I still I still didn't look it up, but I'm pretty sure that means Thailand, Marco. Yeah. Uh, live from Koh Tao, Divers Paradise. Koh Tao. What's the weather like in Koh Tao today? Let's compare weather. Uh, I got I got 65 and sunny right now at 5 p.m. Open up on the door here. It's that. Oof. Wow. Yeah. Probably, probably going to be uh, 80s in the 80s. It's, it's a bit early, so not too hot. I was going to say it must be warm. You're in a... You're in that shirt that you're wearing that I only know the inappropriate name for. <laughs> oh, 80s. 80s. Oh, wow. That, wow, that looks that's I that looks idyllic, Brian. For the folks at home, Brian is by a, a fireplace. And Pete, you guys got the snowstorm coming? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. All right, let's let's just let's just get into it, shall we? So, this month, Bong Joon Ho. Last week we did Memories of Murder. Uh, this week we are doing The Host, two thousand six. So, a brief synopsis of The Host. The Host once again stars Song Kang Ho. We call him Mister Song, and it also stars Byun Hee Bong. He was the grandfather in Barking Dogs. And he was also the sergeant in Memories of Murder. So we got we got Bong Joon-ho just with his go-to actors, which we see out of a lot of directors. We talked about a little about that last time. Now, The Host 2006, it's based on a true story, you could say. I mean, it's sure. It's uh, literally, actually, the the host in, in Korean, it's Gamul, which means monster. So in Korean, this is called monster, and it's a monster movie. But it was actually inspired, I don't know if you guys heard this, it was inspired by a true event. 
It was called the McFarlane case where at the Yongsan, the, the first scene of the movie is uh, Yongsan military base in Seoul, a, an American uh, guy, doctor in the, in the military, he, he orders the dumping of formaldehyde into the Han River. Uh, a lot of formaldehyde just it was very done very comically in the movie but it was ac that actually happened and now in the in in the real story it it goes through like two filtration systems but I, we'll probably get more into that later but it started a whole whole scandal so that american, actually it was an american military contractor okay and that so that actually happened that beginning part did and, you say oh, I, that the title of this in Korean is not the host? It's like something else like monster. A monster. The title in Korean is monster. And as Makes a, a lot more stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why it's called the host, but. Well, I was going to give my interpretation of is, is because Korea is the host of the Americans and that that's so Korea is the monster, but you just Whoa. like, you just changed everything. So never he, mind. Pete, hold that. Hold that thought. Okay. okay. Hold that. That's a good point. We're to hold it till after yeah. the synopsis. Conspiracy. So, so, so in in the in the historical event, you you said there actually were proper filtration systems, so it it didn't it didn't exactly all go into the river. Yeah, it not exactly. Yeah, it was still a bad move, I think. But I would agree that's a bad move. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as a result of that, this is where it breaks from reality. Uh, there's a, a mutation monster that, uh, as a result of this, and he he's terrorizing uh, the Han River. He kidnaps so, so that that part is not historically accurate. That did not happen. I haven't completely fact fact checked it yet. But there was not a monster that came out of the Han River, stole a young girl, and brought the young girl to his nest. And the whole film is kind of centered around this family that is in search because they get a call a phone call from the daughter that she's still alive so it involves them it involves a lot of uh you know a a, a possible virus they're trying to they hunt down quarantine again there's a whole lot it's a genre mashup as always we got a uh, creature feature we got the 50 this is a throwback to like 50 sci-fi where uh, chemicals were actually dumped somewhere and then you'd have a giant tarantula or something it's an action thriller. It's a family drama. It's also a satire. There's a lot not so subtle um, satire about U.S. and Korea relations. And but but that's where I'll, I'll I'll leave it. For me, I saw this movie. I think one month before I went to Korea in 2007, it was in the theaters here. So this was you know Bong Joon Ho is picking up steam after Memories of Murder. He can he got. Um, you know, a little more recognition and his movies started getting more recognition. So I saw this in theater. I was like, whoa, this is where I'm going. And I've like drank on the Han River and stuff. And and it's it's always it's always a blast. We go and from and from the Han River too. You drank you also drank from the Han River. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, sometimes when you know, and there's no water available. Yeah. I, and just a note on before we move on from it too, it's just a quick look at that uh the chemical um release. It looks like they did release formaldehyde, and I guess the you know our our claim when and our half-hearted apology probably was that it was it went it was oh well it was processed through wastewater treatment plants uh, where it's like filtered out. But I, I can say because I actually have worked in wastewater treatment plants, they filter out 
they do chemically treat it, but um, they filter out microorganisms, not small molecules and chemicals. So like formaldehyde would almost, unless they had a special like treatment to get rid of that, it would most certainly be make it into the river, which I'm sure it did. Yeah. And, then, and they, um, and they, and they, yeah. And, but the, then our other thing was like, well, it was really diluted with anyways after it was treated. It's like, yeah, it, it is quite diluted when you dump it in a river. Agreed. Still being dumped in a river, though. A large body of water. But, but technically um, accurate. It is diluted when you dump it in a river. Was was there any sense of, of why he did that in the first place? Was was he just he just didn't want to follow protocol, so he was just trying to get out of there? The listen, any, any Marco, indication? listen, Marco, the the Han River is broad. Let's be broad minded about this. Um, I forget. Are, are, have, we, have we already gotten into metaphors? It's, it's not. It's well. That's what he I'm says. I'm not even right? awake yet. We're we're already doing metaphors. No, 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 no. I think that's what the guy says, right? Yeah, I was I was quoting the doctor. Yeah. The, uh, sorry, Herschel. That's what Herschel says. That's right. That's the beginning. If I'm if I'm not correct, again, this is another Walking Dead character. This is Herschel from um, The Walking Dead. This is Maggie's dad in season season one, season two. I think. I think also it formaldehyde if i'm correct is um the chemical composition is ch2o so i think when it hits the river the c just separates and then it becomes h2o and c is that true brian for the, for, 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 the, for the listeners at home brian did not think about ch2o he literally in the air drew the chemical compound of formaldehyde and determined whether or not Pete was correct. Oh, did I? I didn't even realize I did that. Yes, I, yes, yes. that. I thought you were joking. Yeah, okay, no. It's, okay. Yeah. I mean, he's right about the formula, but you're not right. It won't, it, you're not right about that though. It won't, okay. it won't spontaneously break down and form water. I digress. And we go straight out of elemental carbon. Straight out of the mouth of science, bitch. In answer to your original question though, Brian, um, or was it Marco that, I don't know exactly why. I don't think it was because the bottles were dusty, but there was I, the more only other information I have on it was that there was I read an article about how he like he the South Korea was demanding he show up in South Korean court, but he claimed he was protected as you know by the American military that they were gonna you know use their own system of you know penalty or whatever. Um, but anyway, that was my, that was my next synopsis. I've seen this. this is like the third time I've seen it again. I'm just curious what y'all thought. Initial thoughts. Go. This is the second time I've seen it. Um, why don't you go? Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I like it as a horror movie. You know, it's not the, um, it, just like all of his movies. And I'll say this every week, just like all of his movies, it's really hard to squeeze into one genre. Um, oh yeah. It's, it's like funny. It's kind of got a little bit of drama to it. You know, it's it's a horror movie. It's a monster movie. It's got a little everything. And I really like that. I, I do appreciate that. Uh, but, um, you know, I've, I've also, I've also, you know, I've seen a lot of commentary that was putting this up there with like some of the greatest, you know, sci-fi or horror movies of all time or monster movies of all time. And I'm just like, I didn't really get that. You know, I, I did. I think it's good. I think it's really good. Um, and I love the way it was made, but it was like the best. I, I just, I don't know. You could man. do it. You could do it better. Marco, <laughs> Marco, you, you are like a sci-fi, you a bit of a sci-fi nerd. What do you, what was your impression about the sci-fi angle of this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So 
I I mean, well, 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 first of all, is is this does this qualify as sort of like Koreans' version of kaiju? Is this like uh, as opposed to a Japanese monster movie? Is this like Korean monster movie? Well, it's it's that's the thing. Again, going back to what Brian was saying about the the genre mashup, it's a Bong Joon Ho thing. Like he's he's incorporating kaiju is just another thing he's incorporating into the movie. Uh yes, Pete, it was my first time seeing it. Um, I I I have I have to say so, so. One thing is that he, again, like he made a choice to, uh, in a lot of cases for that kind of creature, you'd sort of not show it for most of the film, where like he goes bang into it. Um, and honestly, like I'm I'm not just I'm not a huge monster movie fan and so actually all the aspects of the Bong Joon-ho film that I've really enjoyed was sort of more uh the family interacting with each other all of the food scenes all of the like very subtle satire so the kind of bad acting by the white characters and the monster itself like weren't necessarily my my favorite parts of the film but everything else was right in line with with you know what I I've enjoyed about the other two films we've watched this week. All right, it was so bad. Was it intentional to be that bad? I, oh, it was. I, I think 100%. the um, the, the doctor, the doctor characters, they reminded me of a of like Canadian Cronenberg films. <laughs> I feel like this director just watched some of those to like fill out those character roles in their scripts and everything. They were comically over the top. Like it's yeah. like the, the, you had the scientist, the doc, the beginning guy, and the, to like dump out this formaldehyde because there's dust on them. And then you have the the, the gung ho, I gotta save everybody guy when the monster was attacking. And then the ridiculous scientist at the end, he's like, "We need to find." The, it was way over the top. We need to find the virus. There is no virus, but it's, it's probably right here. He's like pointing at his head. Yeah, and it's like he, the director Ho, has such a such a good eye for actors that that I I can't imagine. The, the, I'm sure the the barrier for English is not that big that he can't realize bad acting from good acting. I know he speaks English, so because oh, I've seen he, interviews, it's weird. The interviews that I've seen, he understands English perfectly, and he answers in Korean. I think that's be, that's because his English is not good enough to like articulate himself yeah. that he wants to in Korean, which is why he uses the, yeah. the translator. But yeah, he the questions are asked in English. And he's also watched a ton of movies. Like that that's another part of having the military base in Seoul. They have the American, the AFN, the Air Force Network where they show old classic movies, which is when he was growing up. Uh, of, of the uh. But but Pete, what's your uh, what are your initial thoughts before we dig too deep? Well, on that doctor, I'll just say let, let's give him the benefit of the doubt and say he was just trying to make a caricature of what what the population would think about with a doctor like that. Um, so my my thought about the movie was that, or, or like a big takeaway, I, I struggle with the word dystopian because I'm just not that bright. But um, there there's parts of this movie that feel dystopian to me and it's probably ways that he's critiquing the government and critiquing the police and critiquing um like you said the international part but it just felt so clumsy to me that throughout the movie there's this river where there's this monster 
that's in clear view so many times of people or you know where it is and it just feels like it, it just felt like in the in in the beginning of the movie it felt like they were putting up this big military force against the monster and then all of a sudden like the last 65% of the movie it was just like oh no there's no monster it was it was like the government it, it was almost like the monster didn't exist to the government you know I like think when, so, you guys will have to explain to me what when they were focused on the virus, were they pretending there was no monster, or was there no monster? Like what? It basically, the government was more focused on controlling its populace than it was and actually addressing the issue. Right, and I think that was part. That was the like the parody of it. Yeah, yeah. but you get the you get the feeling that they just okay sure if you're protecting your population and there's like a monster godzilla fish running around you still want to keep that away from like your family and friends if you're powerful so no it just seemed like the, they the movie made it seem like the government military and police like all just like stop trying to find it mm-hmm. and stop trying to kill it and pretend that it didn't exist and it seems to me that that's so odd that that makes the movie dystopian to me so, so can can we can we stop calling it the elephant in the room and start calling it giant fish monster in the Han River? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Yay! What what's the giant fish monster in the Han River? The elephant in the room. No, well, I we know. don't say that. Excuse me. We agreed not I to call it up. that. Sorry, we said oh, okay. we were going to call it that, Marco. So, Jesus, oh, Marco, can you rewind the tape. Okay. Do we have a stenographer here? So, so am I off base there, or do any of you guys have that same critique no, of no, like? Pete, Pete, it felt I think, odd. I think you're, Pete. I think you're like nailing the point. Like, okay, everything you're describing about the government's reaction, and remember, the, at the time, they're putting even more force on. on the, I, I do believe was was there a few scenes where they were like fighting off protesters, or yeah, at the yeah. end there was a ton of that whole protest scene. Yeah, which they dropped the agent yellow on. And see, and you got to remember that, like Bong Joon Ho's past is he was a student protester as well. So he was often like, I, again, I saw, I saw in the same interview at the, the that Santa Barbara Film Festival where he was like, he was like, yeah, you know, protesting back then was just like you wake up in the morning, you go to a protest, um, you have to leave the protest because you have to then go to class, and after class you go back to a protest, then you leave the protest, pick up the paper, and look for pictures of you that morning from the protest. <laughs> yeah. So this movie is not. It's. It's not one like last week. It's not one where you can watch with like a a sense of realism throughout the whole thing, and but you feel you feel like it's gonna be that way for the first thirty percent of the movie until till you know the military takes over all the trailer park area, but then yeah, it just becomes more of a metaphorical movie after that a bit. So. Yeah, the family part, Marco. You mentioned you enjoyed the family aspect of him i think that was a main like the main point one of the other main themes of the movie was this dysfunctional family that has to you know save the the girl and the family and their relationships and their roles within the family but yeah that whole like like it is it's it's not it's not it, it's i mean it's sci-fi it's fantasy it's a monster but the we the human stuff is very strange like how they, when they just get a truck and they drive through that area and and they're when they have the quarantine suits and they're like, oh, we're on a different team. Like, is that that is this area which is this secure 
in this quarantine area, they're just going to let anybody with the truck drive through just to say that they're from another team, you know? Oh my God. When the guy and, in the yellow suit comes into like the, comes into the room where everybody's grieving and he walks in, he like slips and falls and gets up, pretends like nobody's seen him. And he's like, don't worry. The news will explain everything. And he goes over, <laughs> he turns the television on and the news is done. He's like, Oh, that's so slapped. It's so slapsticky. I also made a note on that scene is that we haven't seen Grovenland like this since uh, Samurai Mother. <laughs> oh, I, it brought me back to Samurai Mother. I was I absolutely loved the degree of groveling and that people were rolling around on the ground. And then like as everybody's rolling around on the ground, one guy's got one guy's like, hey, um, who's got license plate XY423? Um, your car's illegally parked. And people are just like rolling around crying. You call that grovel? I call that grieving, though. Isn't groveling a little different? Yeah, grieving, groveling. Okay, I digress again. We call no, we called it groveling all during Samurai Month. Though. Okay, yeah. okay. It, 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 but they are, on the other hand, they are like they have a flair for the emo heavy emotional dramatic. It, when I was in uh, South Korea, Kim Jong Il died, and they uh, you saw. Wait, I think I was, or I, they were either I saw it here, but I, I remember the. The film, the the news broadcaster. I know it's North Korea, but I remember exactly where I was when Kim Jong Il died. I was in Korea or America, somewhere. One of two. I just remember seeing it. The newscaster, the North Korean newscaster, just like bawling. You know how like an American newscaster would be like, "We have very sad news, uh, very very solemn," but she's just like, "Our dear leader," and just bawling, crying. I, I mean, her life was on the line, so I mean, I assume she had to like yeah, really uh, put it on. Although true. she also probably believed it, though, so I don't know. Yeah, I, you can you can find footage of of they're basically showing the crowds of grieving, grieving and groveling uh, of people at the death of, of Kim Jong Il, and then there's an old man who's fallen asleep in his wheelchair, and they kind of wake him up, and he looks around, and is like wait what what's going and then he realizes and he goes oh my god and then immediately launches into like intense grieving <laughs> that was 2011 by the way that was i was in korea when i started wow now he remembers it perfectly like it just was clear i just remember the tv the funny thing is about all the north korea stuff it's always such a bigger deal here like all the all the incidents that happen, the little clashes between the South and the North, there, I would they would be on like the, the 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 news at the local restaurant. Just everyone was just eating and drinking and not paying any any attention. But do, people, do they do they treat North Korea as the giant fish monster in the Han River? Exactly. That's that's how they call it. Yeah. There we go. Good one. Wow. Um, yeah, so this is, we got a, like, we got a lot going on, the family drama. What did you think of the family members? I loved the father, which we'll talk, the grandfather, the grandfather. So, so was the grandfather, was he also the, uh, the janitor in Barking Dogs? Yep. Like I said at the top, Boiler Kim, he told the Boiler Kim yeah. story, which we'll get to. Yeah. He told the Boiler Kim story. Uh, and he had some great lines, like, Ugh. even when they're, they like cry, he's like, i Oh no! It's like I put. You can't even convince a cop you're a college grad. Like you can't even. Like I, 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 I sell a cup of noodles to get to do college like this. And in Mr. Song, he was the the bumbling detective in in 2003's Memories of Murder, and he plays a completely different character here. He plays the dad who's like falling asleep at the ramen stand. Uh, I thought just great, just great characters. 
great character. I, yeah, I love the film. Even, even the daughter. The daughter was awesome too. Daughter was great. The the drunken uncle who just shows up just with that soju bottle in his hand. No, no, no. That that Molotov cocktail scene was one of my favorite in the movie. Actually, they're just in the backseat of the taxi, just like quickly making Molotov cocktails out of soju bottles. Yeah, like great, great characters there. Did you guys think, though, it kind of I remember each time I this time less because I was so focused on the movie for this. But my previous time watching it, I remember feeling like the, it just it drags a little in the middle when they're searching for her. Not a lot happens. It kind of goes slowly a little bit, maybe. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. I didn't have a problem on a first watch. First with the suspense, I didn't know what was going to happen next. So it was all like, it was totally great. I That is a good point. I do think one of my notes was that he always goes in unexpected ways. So you're always kind of on your toes because you don't know. It's not predictable. It's very unpredictable like, what's going to happen. Like I, you don't predict so, the spoiler. The daughter is going to die at the end. You, you know. I, 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 I was, I was very, very saddened by, by the daughter dying at the end. I really thought she was going to pull through. I was. You would think. Was, but uh, well, what about when she died at the beginning? Are you groveling then too? <laughs> it's too early. It's too oh, early. Okay. So, 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 so funny. Funny enough, that that leads into my my next point where. Uh, I've I've noticed with all the Bong Joon Ho films, your main character just remains detestable for like eighty percent of the film, and is just constantly disappointing you as a human being. And then somehow he manages to redeem the character right at the end. This is this has happened for me in all three of his films. Well, I've only watched the two. I didn't get to the third one, but the two I've watched. I've learned that Mr. Song always ends the movie by fast forwarding a decade in his life and being a more mature man. So. <laughs> I'm trying to think of redemption in Barking Dogs. I know we talk about it later, but I think it's it's, it's appropriate to you. Know, you brought up this, but I'm trying to think. There's no real. Re- I, 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 no, I, I mean, there's, there's a happy ending, but the, but. Well, I guess I, I mean we, we can we can just. We can discuss that when we when we get to to supplement. I I would I would argue he tries to he tries to redeem that character. Well, let's but, but let's, we, let's hold we, off on that. Hold off on that thought until until we get there. And, and I don't want to talk about the movie, but like we're talking about like characters and redemption and as a theme in his movies, and like I just feel like that's a tough one. I I question that as well, but we'll we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. I can't I can't wait to talk about Boyer like him. I don't know. But anyway, um, uh, what what did you guys think of the CGI? I I thought it was pretty good up until the fire at the end. But he had such a low budget for this. So okay, he had I I again from from the interview with Bong Joon Ho, he said he had an eleven million dollar production budget. Four point five was for effects. Um, and he had originally he planned something like over 160 creature shots and was disappointed because he had to reduce it to around like 100 to 110 creature shots. Um, and he had, importantly, zero experience doing visual effects 
was never taught to do it before. And so he said that to learn visual effects to do this movie, sitting here with them giving, because at this point he's he's gotten bigger already with his movies. So they've gonna they've given him more money. So he's sitting on $4.5 million. No one's ever taught him how to do visual effects. And so what he did was there was a magazine called Cinefx, like C-I-N-E-F-X. And he went and he bought all the back issues of Cinefx and just tried to read them all. And then he jumped into it and did the effects for the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Wow. That's hardcore. It's devotion. Well, I mean, devotion or like, oh, shit, they gave me $4.5 million. I, I really have to do something with this now. I think I'll buy a magazine subscription. So the first scene of the monster, when it's like, jumps out and chases everybody. That was pretty amazing, right? That was awesome, wasn't it? I yeah, I I liked when it like I liked the um the real effects of him like putting splashes where it was like throw like the tail like grabbed somebody and literally threw them like a hundred feet in the air and they splashed in the river. That, that yeah. was pretty cool. Uh-huh. And the scenes when the train when the, like the the camera was on the train passing by and it was just watching the monster like rummage yeah. the park. That was really right. Cool. right. And how it started too, even just like right at the beginning, like everyone was just like, "What is that? Do you see that over there?" And it's just hanging upside down. And then they're yeah, like, is that, yeah. "That's like construction equipment." And then it splashes. That's yeah. The whole the whole thing was it was good. It was good. I did think the fire looked very fake. Oh, that was awful. But I mean, again, I don't. I I feel like when did Terminator Two come out? Like when did when did that come out? Nineteen ninety one, like fifteen okay. years earlier. So- so that was 91. So I feel like the technology was available to make the fire. But I, I given what Ho said himself that he was like making shit up as he went along, like I'm like, all right. Well, he had the fire. Oh, are you talk about the the very, very end? Or I mean, yeah. They, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't. That was rough. This is probably a tougher thing to do, have like a monster running while it's on fire, you know? Even when it was sitting there dead and not moving, it was just. It just did not, did not look like yeah, the fire did not look good. No, it didn't. I mean, it didn't ruin the movie or anything, but yeah, I could, you could definitely, it didn't age well, that fire. But the red, the monster itself, I and I was looking for flaws. I was like, this is just great. It's a great monster yeah. for, for the time. Good monster, yeah. Uh, yeah any other points we want to, should we, should we talk more about the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the parody of the American relationship because america they ha- always had like a they are allies they've had a good relationship like you when you if you're there and like oh you're american they go they want to talk to you and stuff and they did have their back during the korean war and they don't really have any negative i think that dumping of the chemicals was a big deal and they have a comp it made their relationship maybe more complex or it's just always complex relationship when you are a military presence in a country so, but it's, it's very, I even, uh, Bong Joon-ho talked about it as a complex relationship and that's what he was parodying. But that really, that for a while, I think that incident really turned people off. Huh. Yeah. He, he said that it, it wasn't, it's not an anti-US film or like a propaganda film. However, the North Koreans did think it was an, an anti-US propaganda film. So it was very popular. The the host was actually very popular in North Korea. Oh what, wasn't the host huge in South Korea too? I thought it was some like the biggest grossing movie of its time, like when it came out something. Oh like yeah. That. The fact that if it if it made it here, it was huge there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean that's crazy as a monster movie too. 
Yeah, they're, they're, horror is popular there. Again, not so between, but like between him putting out that, like, you know, the biggest grossing movie of that time and then coming up and winning an Academy Award, this guy must be like a living legend over there. Yeah, the fact that, I mean, the Koreans obviously are very, very proud. Like when, when they won, baseball was not popular at all in Korea until they won the World Baseball. Oh, they made it to the finals, I think, of the World Baseball Classic. And then... Because that happened when I was there. I remember going to like the finals, a baseball game, and there was just nobody there. And then the next year after making it to the finals, baseball, like every game was sold out, every regular season game. And it became a huge thing. So if they ever get international recognition for something, they really, they really are into it. So the fact that Bong Joon-ho won was the first ever international director to win the Academy Award. I mean, yeah, he must be a legend. Wait, are you sure you were there for that baseball thing or were you in Melrose back in, in the U.S.? Well, it was weird because I, I went, it was in the stadium in Seoul and people were banging bats. And yeah, it's a call, it was a callback. It's a callback. In my earlier. He, he was the first foreign, was. it was the first foreign language win. I, there might have been other British international ones. I'm not sure. Do we have a look that up? Wait, first foreign language win Academy. No, it won best picture. Yeah, first first foreign language movie ever to win Best Picture. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Rather yeah, than yeah. foreign, yeah. Um, I I got a scene that I really thought was hilarious. Everybody was standing at the bus stop, and the guy right after they said there's a virus, and then the guy spits into the the puddle, and then a bus runs through the puddle and splashes on everybody. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Oh my god! Right as right after they established that there's that there's probably a virus, and this guy was definitely sick, and he's spinning. <laughs> did did anybody else spend about twenty minutes of the film being like, "When's when's the virus coming?" Well, again, that's I think that's another one of the red herrings that one of the points of like there is no virus, right? Oh yeah, total total red yeah. herring, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was waiting. Yeah, I was waiting until they said something about it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. It was all it was all just a ruse. Oh Jun Ho, he zigs he zigs when he you think he's gonna zag. Um that's uh, all the So we all so we all don't understand then why the doctor was trying to drill into the guy's head at the end of the movie. I I no, no, I just I just I just took it as is I just took it as um I'm not looking too deep into it, just they're doing ridiculous things without justification. They're, okay. you know, they're they're punishing people without any justification. So I think it was just a details aside. I think it was just a commentary on on how, um, you know, how sometimes the government action kind of didn't make any sense at all. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. so what was it? Was it that, or because he had realized that the virus angle was a total red herring for? just trying to cover up uh, uh, gross negligence uh, from, from the U.S. military. So if they were trying to lobotomize him so he couldn't talk about it. No, I think they, they, had, ar- they had already planned that. He, I think he was already on his way to that when he just happened to overhear. He's like, wait, wait, no, no, no. They were still pulling him to the operation. He's like, wait, no, that guy, he just said it. He just said there's no virus. He said there's no virus. So I think he was already on his way to it. Well, yeah, but, but they had that, that whole interview scene where it's just like, oh my god, you, you did you didn't call uh, uh, international, uh, um, you didn't 
call the authorities or try to get help or anything else. And then he immediately switches to this man is clearly delusional. We need to operate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. And I, and so I think, I don't think they did it because he was going to expose them or anything. I think he kind of came off as a nincompoop. No, but it might have been because his whole family was the ones out there that the government was trying to stop. So silencing him would be like taking out one out of four of them. You know? Yeah, I saw that, that, um, to get back to that, that, um, scientists trying to find the virus i saw it as representing how the they're they're just convinced that they're the virus and whatever they're they're just gonna oh, oh there has to be a virus if we think there's a virus there's a virus and kind of tying in what everybody both what you guys were saying yes oh uh we're past a uh, point for where's um you know who um oh shall we uh should we go to a little segment that we like to call QQ says. Um, QQ, I believe, wants to actually appear twice. She has something for the host and also, obviously, the next film. But we should, let's go. QQ, what do you have to say about the host? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, do you know how to say cat in Korean? Yeah, is everyone repeat after me? Go Yang Yi. Go Yang Yi. Oh, Yang Yi. Oh, Yang Yi. And cat and dog in Korean is <laughs> which literally translates back to English into God dog shit bastard. Wait, QQ. So you translated it into Korean and then back into English again? Fuck dogs. Yep. Okay. Speaking of tropes. QQ, <laughs> unlike Bong Joon-ho, is very predictable. Good. Were there any dogs in this film? I don't even recall there being Let's dogs. Let's see any animals other than the, the monster. I must um, Okay, do you want to do do note dump? Or any of us get some other points to get to? I think we've, we've covered a lot. I just got one note left, and that is uh, he mentioned that the he was inspired by the um, suspense and the cinematography of Jaws, Steven Spielberg and Jaws. Nice, yeah, yeah. About the because he had such a limited budget in particular, and wanting to show the monster without showing the monster. Yeah, and also, and also to be to be quite frank, he said it was because in, in Jaws they had a giant shark. That just kept breaking down at the beginning, and that was, and, and honestly, he just mentioned that was part of the inspiration. <laughs> I also thought, again, uh, one of my notes was going back to location as character. I think the Han River and the bridges in Seoul just was like a major part of this. You had this monster hiding in plain sight, and just I thought it was really great visually the the scenes with the bridges and them going running especially the aunt when she had the bow and arrow at the end and she was walking on the on, along the bridge and stuff i thought that was great and another another oh we talked about the bong jun ho and in, in protesting and he was tear gassed I, the bum i loved the bum that had that oh, was, it was great such a great like he kind of saved the day he showed up with the gasoline <laughs> Yeah, he did. <laughs> no, no, he, he he he's he's berating the uncle, and then 
what what what, what ha- like the uncle starts picking up soju bottles. She smashes a bottle over the uncle's head. And he goes, "All right, all right, I'll I'll help you out. Let's uh, let's go do this." Yeah, no, that was that was great. He's like, "Is that so, you just you just ask? You just ordering around? Do you think you can buy everything with money?" He was great, and he I, I didn't even I did not great character. Because when he got out of the taxi, and then the bum just like got it right out after him. I was like, "Oh, the bum came along." All right. Uh, yeah. Anyone else got any notes? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, so, Mister Song, he played a character called Park Gang Do. How how do I say that? If I'm going to say like talk about a Korean person, do I say Mister Gang Do, Mister Park? What do you say? You could call Mister. Yeah the 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 first name Park. comes the, the first the family name comes at the beginning. So like Park Mister Park. Yeah. Okay, so they're all Mister Park, all of them. Okay, so <laughs> Gang Do Gang Do is um is Mr. Song, right? We love, we yeah. love him. Yeah. And I have to say like this movie had emotional moments, right? Throughout. And I don't know if we've like really emphasized that, but mm. it makes it, it it's like a strength of the movie is sort of like how emotional it is for everybody, even to the point where the girl's like she wants a beer when she's like trapped in this in this uh dwelling in the sewer because she remembers back to having a beer with her dad um but one of the sad parts of the movie is how mr how um gangdu park how he's like running with his daughter and then he loses her and he's holding somebody else's hand right and everybody shits on him so he killed his daughter and then he freaking kills his dad an hour later like that that devastated me. Was, did you guys notice how bad that was that he it was his fault that his dad had no bullets? Yeah, yeah, because oh, yeah. he miscount. Yeah, I, that I, I felt that scene was like so like oh, it was like heartbreaking. It was like, no, you're still you're still screwing up, man. What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the whole film, just like one terrible error after another. Yeah, so so I felt that I mean being a first time watcher here of this movie, it it had little bits like that throughout that were like really powerful moments, um, and then and then my last note is just like, does anybody want to talk about the food scenes? Does anybody? Do you guys have any notes about the scenes of uh, eating food? I I imagine the time they were all eating in the trailer that they broke into. That they were sort of imagining the daughter between them because the daughter was there with them, but they didn't really have her, and so I don't know if they were imagining that. I believe she wasn't actually there. Yeah. Okay. So I think she was imagining. Yeah. yeah. But that so, was no, the, no that's food a good notes? scene. I I'll talk about food all day. No, Pete. There, Pete. You're right. There, there was. I think there was some some kind of theme of food in the movie. I don't quite get it, but um. You know, I, I bounced around the internet a little bit, and I saw a couple, you know, a couple um groups like us talking about the the high incidence of eating food in the movie. Do you, do we want to go back to my theory about that life is meaningless and and all we need to do is eat, and that's all that matters? Because this is another movie that once again supports my my theme. But food, we talked about it last week. Food is so important to every culture. But the the Koreans, you know, we talked about they don't drink without food. But meals are such a 
such a big thing. They share food. Like everyone just has, just like they, like they do in China. Like everyone like shares plates and and everything. The food that they were eating was a lot of garbage at time because those shacks they sell like instant noodles, sausage, sausagey. They call them sausage, but it's like a fish paste thing that they put in a sausage form, and it's it's all very very oh, very heavily processed. Yeah, I, I had sausage. I I mean I, I was gonna comment. Uh, I mean Korean instant noodle is is still pretty fantastic. Um, so it's, I, it's, it's actually funny because if you want like upscale instant noodle in your food and I, like, I, there's a number of dishes that I get in Thailand where like instant noodles kind of, uh, that's what they use and you have it as like an option in soup, but sometimes you have the upgrade and the upgrade is the Korean instant noodle and it, and it, it's, it, it is, it is like a superior instant noodle. It, they're very spicy. If you like spicy, especially. But just the noodles themselves, like they're a lot thicker. They, they taste like more like ramen, like there's the bite to the, the noodle. I mean, I don't know. I was very, uh, I was I was hungry watching them eat Korean instant noodle. I love Korean instant noodles. Do we, um, do we have to get to barking dogs don't bite before I'm, I'm afraid whenever marco lies down he doesn't have a good track record <laughs> go switch well, it's morning switch now. he's he's laying down i don't know man we gotta switch get now. to uh I, last uh two two notes about the film one uh did anybody uh was anybody aware that the character basically the uncle's friend who helps him find the tracking info but ends up betraying him his character's name is Fat Guevara. No, did not know that because he was like a bit. He was like a big time protester, Che Guevara, but he was fat, so he was known as Fat Guevara. Not notice that was that an IMDb was, thing, or did they call him? Yeah, I, I I found that on Wikipedia, but apparently the character's name is Fat Guevara, <laughs> and and at the end we're like he like he betrays his friend, but he's like yo. Oh, he's a sneaky one. Like he gets out of anything. And then as he's running away, he sees him and he he's giving him the the fist in the air. Like yeah. that was that was great. That was great. That was great. Another note on the food um, too, I wanted to mention. Oh, sorry, you got another another note. No, no, the, the, the other one was the the aunt and and the bow and arrow. Like the whole movie. Like, why? Why is there's some significance to this bow and arrow? Because she she keeps shooting at the monster, which is obviously not going to do anything with target arrows, and then it all comes together at the end. And then like, the, oh, all right, fair play. It was setting up. It was setting up that she she delayed right, and that was her weakness. Yeah, yeah. Her uh, she kept delaying the shots. Um. Then then I do like all right, the, back to when the when the noodles when they were they were put the hot water in and they were just sitting there waiting. And they're all just kind of like that, that. That whole that whole moment where he's got the tea kettle and he's fill he's got the water kettles filling up everybody's cup, and he just like he runs out of water at the end, and he just does that shake in the kettle to try and just get that last bit of water so he can have his noodles. Yeah, little moments, little moments, and it's funny because because I mentioned uh to you know little little Korean cultural tidbits, but. Going to the Han River and getting sitting on a blanket and just having some beers is like that was like a regular thing we would do. 
but the but now this was in back now back when this was i guess like you would get like ramen snacks from the stand but now you or when i was there you could get chick fried chicken delivered to you and you tell them like what mat number you're on or you get pizza delivered oh, nice great that was awesome oh i miss korea i need to go back to visit All right, so let's give our ratings. Who would like to go first? Three out of five um, beheaded Herschels. Okay. Herschel, again, the guy from the Maggie's dad from The Walking Dead and the scientist at the beginning. Oh, he, his, okay. His death in The Walking Dead was that he was beheaded by the governor. Oh, okay. That that would assume that would have to assume that we'd seen the Knocking Dead. Uh. The, well, you no, no, not the Knocking Dead. Uh, the Walking Dead. I I haven't seen that one. I've only seen the Knocking Dead. Is just about a bunch of zombies I, who are just knocking it. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> really, that one never made it past production. <laughs> A little, a, a what are they suggested. Well, they knock on your door. Why is that bad? Everybody's losing sleep. They do it in the middle of the night. Should we? Should we get the door? Dude, we've been over this. You know, they're zombies. <laughs> Don't answer the door. It could be something different they're, this time. They're killing the doorbell industry. Eventually, one of them converts to Jehovah's Witness, and then, and then like civilization ends. These guys are great. <laughs> Jehovah's Witness. They recruit them all. Like these guys are amazing. They work around the clock. You don't even have to pay them. Okay, okay. <laughs> Ratings keep going. Sorry, go. All right. I'm going to give this eight out of 10 drop kicks. Oh, did nobody mention the drop kick in this it was movie? A drop kick. There was a drop kick. We didn't mention the, the brother, the drunken brother drop kicked um, Mr. Song <laughs> when they were when they were groveling. When they're grieving, when they're grieving, groveling. Oh. Grieving? They're grieving? They're grieving. Oh, that's a good one, Grieveling. Okay. Um, yeah, that was a great drop kick. Full on, like two legs out. He gets the angle perfectly. Like fantastic drop kick in that film. No natural defense. Marco, what do you rate it? Uh, I'm gonna give it a three point five formaldehyde monsters out of five. All right. Good. Solid. Solid. What is that? Seven out of. 10 pete yeah 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 wow all right pete what do you give it um i'm gonna give it four out of five uh heroic american ally uh military personnel members all right so you know pretty solid ratings we we don't have it pete what did you you give memories of murder like what would you give it nine out of ten yeah yeah i thought this was a little bit but i as a movie I thought as a solid all-around movie, I thought Memories of Murder was, was slightly better than this. Oh, definitely. Oh, for for sure. Yeah. You know what for though? Sure. They're both they're both they're both really fun to watch. Yeah. So yeah, right, see. right. This is it, well, that's the thing. This is more of a fun kind of yeah. you know, I was gonna say romantic movie, but I guess it's just pretty... all right. All right, let's Barking, get on to it. Dude. Sleeping Barks Never Never Dog is the next film that we'll <laughs> This was 2000. It was Bong Joon Ho's first act feature film. Um, Marco, did you? Marco saw it. Bryce saw it. Pete, do you? I guess you didn't have time based on the time. I didn't, but I didn't have time. But I'll try to get it in this month. Does anyone we, want to we, give a synopsis? 
Wait, 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 Pete. If you and if you really want to watch it and not be spoiled, like you know, it, you, you can bow out. You don't feel free to like. Well, I want you to stay, but also don't feel like you have to because it's a good movie. Yeah, I'll bow out. Just shoot me a message when you're ready. Yeah, wait, guys. Did I just make Pete? Bow? I didn't mean. I don't mean to make Pete bow out. I didn't. You know. No, finally we can talk about this son of a bitch. <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 send when when QQ chimes in. We'll he definitely has to come back. So. Uh, Pete took off his oh. for the folks at home. Pete took off his uh, his earphones. Uh, barking oh, dog, sleeping barks never dog. Well, who who wants to synopsisize it? Did, Should I do it? Yeah, you're the host. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, um, a professor who actually was he's he's no, not a professor not a professor yet I'm, i just let me get there your first two words were a professor <laughs> literally <laughs> you're wrong in the first two words i said wait, but wait, then wait, i said no, well no, he could have he could have continued by saying a professor gets decapitated by a train and that that would have been true oh yeah good point or or he could have said a professor he's not Yet. Exactly. You didn't let me finish. <laughs> a professor is the position this main character wants, but does not oh. have because he was out bribed by somebody else. And now he's he's not working. And his wife, his pregnant wife is the breadwinner. And he has a barking dog that he hates. And he tries to cut down these these dogs by locking them in closets throwing off the roof he he get rid of you know he's he doesn't like dogs and he happens upon a this this woman who works for this community what is she what is her job she works for I, a, a, I the, the, lo the local government her job is office a local government office where she she stamps, stamps. Stamps posters that need to be hung on the in the in the um, neighborhood so they won't get torn down. It's, it's it's somebody who makes things official. I forgot what they're called. Uh, like a they bureaucrat. No, no, they sure. officiate your wedding. You can get certified. A, um, a part, justice of no, is it justice no. of peace? No, no, no. I'll officiator. Think I'll, I'll I'll think of it. Keep going. And. Yeah, she they just come together and he's he's this guy's trying to get his professor job back. And yeah, that's I mean the, the gist of it. I, I I really just want to talk about the janitor and boiler kim. The janitor who <laughs> I, I can I can I give it a shot in like in, in 20 seconds? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I didn't prepare anything. It was just off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, th there's a there's a guy who is trying to become a professor. He's on the phone, there's a barking dog, and he becomes obsessed with getting rid of the single barking dog in the movie. And over the course of the movie, he runs through a bunch of completely different dogs in one way or another, trying to find the one that was actually barking. And then through a series of mistakes, end up meeting this girl who's trying to save other people from killing this dog. She doesn't know it's him. And now he feels guilty that he actually did kill a dog. He, he admits it to her. And then he gets a job as a professorship and she ends up, being fired from her job and escaping and being happy in the woods. Now let's good one. That's that's much better. Wait, how is that not redemption? How is no, that not but let's redemption? let's get back to that. Yes, I'll explain why later. I'll explain. No, let's just start with that. Okay, let's go. You want me to take it? Yeah, yeah. You go and I'll. Okay, so you're saying it's redemption for the guy, right? 
I'm, I'm saying that like I, I would say it's not redemption. It's not as clear as in some of the other films, but basically he admits that he was the one at fault at the end. Then there's sort of like this ambiguous kind of interactions like does she realize what he's just admitted to or not and then you end up seeing the next scene where him being very calm within the classroom teaching the class as the professor so you don't wait that's how you read that in the in the in the class he's very calm no I, i i'm saying it's it's not it's not nearly as as clear as some of the other films about the redemption of the character but there does seem to be some attempt at rehabilitating the character at the end because the whole film basically the whole film he's this total neurotic he's this complete neurotic he's uh every everybody that he engages with like he just looks like this really nervous kind of like swindly sort of character and then he does have a composure at the end so it's not nearly nearly as clear as like some of the other characters but there seemed to be some hint at, at rehabilitation. Raguch, I can't wait to see what your you'll be the tiebreaker because I I took the end as his punishment. He became a professor, and when they lowered the shades, the look on his face was like, "What the fuck have I done?" And oh. he, that was his punishment, and and they literally focused on shutting the shades. And now it's like he is the the juxtaposition between he is locked in a room and she is in the outdoors and happy. He there's not an ounce of happiness or satisfaction on his face, and he realizes he fucked up and he's in prison, and she's not. Huh. Huh. That is not redemption. That is punishment. Huh. Interesting. What you got? Wow. What do you think? Both really interesting reads on it. In I, old Emerson days, we would go back and rewatch the scene. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we, we it doesn't really work right now this doesn't way. Really work. But I didn't really see it as he was in prison. I did see it that he was just kind of like. It, I didn't get any emotion out of it. I also take a slight umbrage with him being redemptive because he like bribed his way into that position, you know. So the fact that he bribed, I mean, he got his, his pregnant. I, who, no, the, the apology. Marco thinks it's the apology that did it. Well, it, it was, again, like, it's not, it's very subtle. It's not clear. And, and I think it is very easy to argue the other way. But he brings the dog into the home. So now, like, he, he accepts the dog as part of his life. He's on the train. He gives the woman, like, was that, like, 100,000 won or like yeah. the the large, uh, the large currency note. There's, I don't know. It, I, I, I'm, I'm not. Gonna, this is not the hill that I'm going to die on. <laughs> but, but I, having watched his other, again, the other two films, there always seems to be some rehabilitation of the main character, and so maybe because of that, that's what I read into it. Okay, I can see. Yeah, I can. I can. I can see that. I don't have any strong feeling one way or the other. I do like. I think it's very, in you know, I guess kept more ambiguous, so you can read into it either way. Maybe that's a a disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I do. I do. I do also like Ryan's interpretation about her 
uh, losing losing the job and then being freed and him get gaining the job. I, I mean, I, I I I I have sympathy for that, or I have an attraction to that messaging. And and you just you look at what he did with the lighting, right? It's not an accident. Like it's it's very rare that in a scene in a movie, a director is trying to remove light from the room, right? And so, like, they, they zoom in on these two nobodies that you have no idea who they are, lowering the shades. There is no reason to do that unless you're trying to make a point. And it shows. And then it, they're lowering the shades. It shows his face. And his face just goes into darkness as he's like. And it immediately cuts to her walking on a sunny day in the woods. Again, it is not a mistake. I'll, yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess point. every time that, that light is removed. It's because there's probably a fish monster in the Han River. I, I... Um, I, 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 I say both right, both right. I'd say I'd have to watch it again though. I because that that is a good point though, Brian. You throw in about the it immediately cuts to them out going for a walk in the in the woods because that's what he said at the beginning when he's on the phone. He's just like, I just want to go on the walk in the woods. I just want to go hiking. Oh my god! I didn't. Even oh, 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 I didn't pick yeah. up on that. Okay. Yeah. Game set match there. That's what I that's, think. That's all right, the point. All right, that supports all right, it. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Oh my! I did I, not pick up on that at all. I fold. I fold. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I. I guess we're leaning more towards Brian. Uh, Brian's interpretation. Yeah. He says that on the phone in the beginning. The very beginning. He's like, I just Fucker. want to go hiking. Fucker. And she. Yeah. She gets what? Okay. Yeah. She gets what he wants, and they just. There's and another food. Now, now, hold on, hold on. No, no. I. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is because I like. I spent a lot of time on uh, Catholic YouTube, but you know, could could, <laughs> could, could, could <laughs> what? Do I have any could, time could, left? Could, what? There's could, a could, there's a did, you say, did you just say I spent yeah. a lot of time? No, no, no. I, I, I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna keep going here. So, so anyway, um, so like, could this be that he is being rehabilitated or redeemed, but this is actually like his form of purgatory? So, because he never, like, they never sort of confront the fact that he confesses, but he's never sort of confronted and given the punishment for his killing of the two previous dogs. So, what if at this point, like, he's, he's made, uh, you know, th there has been some significant change in him, but now he has to pay for his sins in this way in order to actually achieve redemption. I would only accept that if Bong Joon Ho was a Christian director. I think you. But why, Mark? But are you why? Be be because why would he put a Christian message and like a theme of purgatory? Purgatory only exists in that world. No one else believes in that. Why would somebody yeah, but, who's not but, a Christian but, make a point that somebody goes to purgatory? Yeah, but there's there's also I mean that's that's how in the West like that's the the closest analog. But well, that, be, the, the, could... the idea the idea of somebody recognizing uh, their past, but also having to go through a process by which they they pay for the ills of of their past. That's that's not that's kind of a universal thing. I gi I give it a ten out of ten on the cleverness scale, but I also cite. I think we talked about this before Occam's razor. Let's just say like if if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck and it walks like a duck, it's probably a duck. And I think the easiest explanation 
is is the first one and not the purgatory one. The purgatory one, you really have to dig into Christian philosophy. I, as regardless of how common you think it is, I am here to tell you it is not common. This is not how people think. Like who are not Christian. I don't not- think. Well, well no, that's, wait, wait, that's you- not true at all. That's why we sent. You know, that's like that's that's supposedly at least. We we watched Norway about while you know. Uh, in, in, That's why we send. Um, what? That's why we send what? What you send a person to to jail to be rehabilitated. People don't send people to jail because of Christian beliefs. Christians can't place themselves in the center of every idea in the face of the earth, right? Like we send people to jail because. It makes society better, either either if they're put away or if they're made better. Okay, so 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 we we have to t- we have to take a step back here because basically all I was suggesting was because I had been engaging with certain ideas, I can see those ideas, you know, more readily represented. Like in this case, at no point did I say Bung Jun Ho was creating a Christian parable. No, but you you put you contextualize it that way though. I mean, I feel like you know you said he's going to purgatory. Yeah, and that's how I would describe it uh, as you know with with my the the idea of somebody having to go through a period of purification. That's mm-hmm. the word that I would use because that's the word that I'm familiar with. I am not suggesting that Bung yeah. Jun Ho had the idea. Oh, we're going to put him in a Catholic purgatory. For this period, that's not what I was suggesting at all. Okay, so so just, you so you think that this is a period where he's going in, not Catholic, not Christian at all. It's a period where he's just going in to have to be reflective before he was truly redeemed. So that means redemption hasn't I, happened. Yet. I'm, I'm saying I'm saying from 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 uh, I'm positing from the director's standpoint, uh-huh. he created a character again who is detestable, who requires some form of rehabilitation. There's uh-huh. the moment where he basically confesses his sin or admits to the crimes that he's committed, but he's never been in that moment had to face the retribution from he doesn't go to prison. The girl either ignores it or just take, gives him the benefit of the doubt. We don't really know, but he still, as you suggested, has to go through this very painful period where his that his sins had or his wrongdoings had brought him to. That's, like I said, ten out of ten on the clever scale. I give you that. Well, is, is is that if I if I remove the Christian language, like can you can you get on board with me with this? Well, no, no, I st- I still absolutely think it's the easiest solution. I still think it. it I still think he it, it 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 is as the as far as the director intends to go. My my thought is that. It, it, it's they. It, he is being punished, and she is being liberated. She was she was at the bottom of the ladder. Now she's free. He was kind of on his way to the top of the ladder, and now he's there, but he's not free at all. To me, that message makes way more sense and is way simpler than the other one. Uh, wow! So and I again, would- the, especially for the dark and light that I brought up, it becoming dark. And it's immediately cutting to light. It's not a mistake. It's well, not a mistake. You don't we'll have to. Like we'll have to go back to the the videotape. I will. I will have to say though, in de- in defense of what Marco was saying, I do. I don't think you necessarily have to be a Christian to to reference these things. I think you could just be agreed. Number one, agreed. you know, 
Korea has, as we learned last week, is 28% Christian. It's a Christian, there's a big Christian presence in Korea. And he's an, he's an intellectual, he's an intelligent person. So I think he could have, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that's necessarily, that's Mar like Marco was saying, he was reading into that in, in his own way. So, um, and I think that's what makes the, the ending of this film so interesting. And I do think it, it, it you know, deserves a revisit. And I do think Pete is going to be the one that's going to have to, in the end, tell us what it is. Um, shall we call Pete? Let's just move on from the end. Yeah, let's, let's, yeah, let's let's just bring Pete back in. And uh, Pete, come back. We can revisit it after he's, he's watched it. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think we should rewatch the ending, and then, uh, and then, and then that would be great. Pete, you just Pete's back, everyone. Pete, you just missed an amazing debate about the ending, which you're gonna have to watch, and then we'll revisit it. Sounds right. good. You have to watch it now. But we didn't. Okay. We, yeah, you we, have to watch it now. You are now obligated to watch this film. We we could spoil the boiler. We got wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Pete is the only one who owns a dog. Like now, you have. <laughs> we're we're gonna have to go to the to the boiler Kim scene. There's the dog. Look at that dog. That's a great dog. Fuck you. <laughs> my my um my opinion of this film, greatest film ever. <laughs> Hey, for no reasons spoilers. that I won't say because it is a spoiler for Pete and his dumb dog. QQ, be, be nice to the, come on, the dog's on camera. Don't don't insult the dog. So I, I can say something for the beginning, for, for why he made this movie. In, in, in an interview, he said that when he was a kid, he actually saw a burnt dead dog on the top of a luxury building, a luxury apartment uh -huh. building. And so he started to like write short stories as a kid about he he wondered who could ever do that to a dog and so he began to write short stories and make and every story was about a different version of how somebody could possibly come to do that to a dog and these short stories served as his inspiration for the movie wow. i i i'll also i'll also add add to that uh and, and this is this has been brought up before the the subtle physical comedy in his films like when, when he jumps over the fence, when he's in the drag, the red dragon suit and he jumps over the fence. Like that was, that was hilarious. Yeah, he did. There is a, there's a lot of, again, the same, it's, but this is more of a dark comedy than it doesn't, it has much of a mashup of genres as his others. There, there was, there is a scene that I can't mention now, but there was a scene where, uh, that I, I you can, <laughs> you can just, right, just took right. out so, so, so the second the second dog the jan the janitor tries to cook where he's buried the dog and then he kind of looks behind him and you look like wait a minute is he is he unburying the no he's not gonna and then the next scene is he's taking the dog to be cooked in the hot pot <laughs> that... I, lost, I lost it <laughs> okay that brings us god damn it we're gonna get to boiler cam because i'm I don't know why I loved this scene, but the janitor who who finds the dead dog and eats he eats so the janitor eats eats dogs and cooks dog soup in the basement. And it's not a real spoiler, Pete. He 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 keeps taking off his earphones. Come on back. It's not a spoiler. I, I guess he thinks it's a spoiler. Pete, if you were if you we didn't we didn't we're we're not spoiling the ending, but we're gonna spoil like aspects of the movie. If you don't want to hear any of the movie, honestly, you should sign off. Yeah, but if you if you're okay with the conversation, then just stay. I'll let you guys go. I'll see you guys next week. Okay, cool. Okay. See you.
Yeah, we get a lot of messages. See ya. See ya. Any plugs before? You just are unplug. Um, I think I got Showtime and HBO. I'm good. All right. Such a good flick. Uh, Pete's gone. So, yeah. So this. So just the the name Boiler Kim. This guy, his last name is Kim, and he's like an expert on fixing boilers. So the janitor in the basement over this 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 dog soup that's cooking, he tells this his manager, I think it's his boss or, or coworker or whatever. He tells him this story about this guy who's famous and just is like like his talking, like his intonation is great. And just the idea of Boiler Kim. That's like if if Brian if you like were really good at fixing furnaces and we'd call you like furnace Murphy, like it's just, it's just a, his name's boiler Kim. And in, as far as my, we, there's a lot, I guess we can read into this film stuff. I hadn't even thought of until talking to you guys, but is it any purpose, real purpose for this? They say that boiler Kim is still buried in the wall of that building, but it does not have anything to do with the rest of the film at all. I, I, I aside there's that brief moment where like he thinks he's hearing things in the basement but yeah it, it's it, it it's it's such an amazing scene and it doesn't have any direct bearing on like the rest the rest of the story no that 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 whole story because i i i love to listen to uh like mr Ballin, like shows uh like stories of the strange dark and mysterious uh I, I i listen to bedtime stories spotify channel before i go to bed so i listen to a lot of these types of stories being told and it's a great telling of like an a, an old horror story yeah it was great in the lighting the way he was lit from that like dim that one little light in the in the in the cellar and just the way he told it was just so great but like it's, it's not much it's like a guy that fixes boilers and they like he died and they put him in the wall well let me let me it, try the only, like the only I, I i was just gonna say like is it is it maybe the social commentary aspect because he's talking about how boiler kim tried to expose how they were using um you know really cheap materials to to, to put up the buildings and it was, it was causing harm to people and when he tried to expose it, they kill him. I I think it in a way does very much fit with the characters and the story. Really weird or bad things happen to most characters in the story. So like the homeless guy gets goes gets thrown in jail, honestly for a crime he didn't actually commit, right? Um, well, he guy, committed one of them. No, no, he gets thrown in jail for the crimes he didn't commit. But he committed he that crime. Commit, he did not kill. No, no, no. He, he committed the other ones. He was about to kill a dog and didn't kill it because she saved uh, it. Yeah. That's a good point. Okay. So anyways, anyways, and point being, he gets in jail for something he didn't do, right? The old lady, basically, poor lady dies because she's separated from her, um, from her dog. The wife gets fired from her job and is just like a victim of circumstance. Boiler Kim is the same thing. He's like, he's just doing his job and he gets killed as a victim of circumstance. The only person who really survives is the girl at the end because she's the, the girl is liberated. 
But like I'm just saying, the, the, the this whether it was meant or not, like the story does definitely fit into this strange arc, and probably Raguch's fucking theory of life doesn't matter. Everybody just eats food. <laughs> my that's my life thesis. I'm gonna I'm gonna. <laughs> but I do think you. It's a good point though about there's little. Every one of his films have something about making some comments about society and a little bit of politics little bit like not it's not like the overarching theme of all the films but there it's always in there like that point about the cheap building materials and this guy being accused of a crime he's the scapegoat for all these crimes you know they're, they're, it's it's all plays a part of the this tapestry that bong jun ho is weaving and we get to parasite we get we get really into into class is going to play a big part in this that'll be a big discussion oh, and also next month Next week with Mother, which I don't know if you guys have more on Barking Dogs. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> bring highlights, right? Ready? The toilet paper bet? Come on. Oh, when that was great. He's... You never find out who wins the bet. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. She won. Right. They say it in like two scenes later. Like it's it's dropped. Not even the next scene. Like he waits till like two scenes later. I forgot how he did it, but but it's like... It was something like they were out of toilet paper. So I don't. I, I, somebody said something. I'm like, oh, she fucking won the bet. Because oh. because he never calls her older sister. That's what that's what I was waiting for. Oh no, he did. No, okay. Thanks for reminding me. That's when they were like laying in bed or something. I'll, I'll, I'll have to get on a rewatch or something. But I, I remember uh, distinctly it happening. I really want to rewatch this now. Oh, it's so it's this is so worth a rewatch. But That's just a good fact, film. he he fucking reached his breaking point, right? He just fucking ha he's like, fuck this, I'm making my stand right here. And he fucking takes With out the toilet paper and just drops it and fucking rolls it. And she almost like has respect for him a little bit in this moment. Mm -hmm. just, All right, little bitch, you want to you want to like fucking hold your ground? Let's do this. Well, I, I thought that was such a good scene. She she mentioned something which is the you know if uh, it's kind of like a really a a comment i guess or, or it's a it's part of korean culture that if you didn't know it would just be a throwaway line but she says like hey i'm two years older than you you should respect me age is such a huge thing there the way you talk to people like your grammar is differently if you're older or younger so that's and he's kind of like you know she makes the money she's two years older than him and she yeah he's just kind of like the bitch you know so I, I got two notes left and I'll stop. Like, these are so good. I have to say them. My favorite scene of the fucking movie when was she was in the yellow sweatshirt on the roof rescuing the dog. And she's like, and she stands up, turns around and starts sprinting toward the dog. And the camera in the background, there's people in yellow sweaters on all the rooftops throwing yellow. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. There was a moment there and I'm not going to do it, but there was a moment there where I'm like, this has got to be one of the best scenes of the year. But like it, it just ended. It was too quick. If the, if he kept on with that theme, I would have been fucking floored, but that was, that was, uh, is, is, it, is anybody else like keeping um, uh year end awards in mind when watching these films? And like, yeah, I have a separate note. I have a separate note on my phone. That's the, that's, if something is you know catches my eye especially with scenes scenes are are definitely harder i don't i don't keep track of directors because those are easier another yeah, I, I write down all the categories at the top of my notes list so i just scroll up and throw in an entry when i when i got one another 
another one more food thing that I should mention. I don't know if you noticed uh, a great move. It's such a Korean move when they're eating like the ram, the ramen. Uh, she's using the lid of the pot as a plate, which is a great oh. move. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, it's a it's a great move. I love it. Oh, this this is a wild thing. Like I saw on 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 YouTube, somebody was showing how you can that top the lid of the um of the ramen cup, how they'll fold it into a cone so that they can use it. They'll turn it into a plate so they can pick up the noodles and put it into the lid plate they've been created and then eat from that. Like there's this whole like technique to eating ramyeon noodles. And, oh, was that the video yeah. you sent me on uh, one of the many vid Instagram videos you sent me? Uh, probably. Yeah, yeah, I probably did. That's where I saw it. Yeah. Raguch, yeah. maybe we did this too. When I was a kid, we'd have those little cups of ice cream. I forgot they were like, they were like, they were like vanilla with like strawberry swirls in it. And you would take, I think it was hood, I think. And you would take the lid off cardboard, fold it in half and use that as your spoon. Are they yeah, kind of hoodies? Is that my making that up? Hoodies. hoodies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice, dude. Nice. Okay. And also second, second, second movie, second Bong Joon-ho movie where the final scene, the lead character turns and stares directly into the camera. I don't know why she did it, but. Yeah, this and is... she, and she used like something to flash and kept making flashes. She used a mirror to signal. Yeah, the mirror. The uh... fuck was that? Oh, this is this neat. We definitely need more investigation into this. It was a great supplemental. She was the star of the movie, though. She was the fucking. She was awesome. She was great. I did love her friend, her uh, her her her, her chubby yeah. friend. She was great. That's because uh, you were her friends. Like, let's just get. Drunk. I'd be I'd be the one that's just like, let's just get drunk. Let's get something to eat. Yeah. So 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 the chubby friend was the nurse and the host who gets he he's threads threatens. The, the nurse with the syringe and that's how oh, really? he gets out yeah oh, wow. yeah she's the nurse oh, good catch. um oh. yeah she is also uh she is this the daughter uh the aunt in the host uh, that's they do not and she's also in sympathy for mr vengeance whoa yeah yeah and i know this because i'm very, very attracted to that actress so it was like so if you're listening, I've seen this. I've seen this face before. It was What's like her name. What's her name again? Beiduna. If you're Beiduna and you're listening and you would like to contact Marco, contact him at mrockfilmclub at gmail.com. If you're she's a bit older, than, in fact, she's a bit older than me, but I, I bet I bet she still looks great. You can be any Beiduna and you can just email. <laughs> if your name is Beiduna, chances are Marco will probably want to date you. <laughs> so we uh -huh. gonna rate it? Are we gonna rate it? Should we wait for Pete? Nah, <laughs> ah, he might not even watch it. We'll get his rating post post mortem. Yeah. Um. Uh, I'm gonna give it nine point five ooh. mini Dobermans launched off of a rooftop at a tent. Whoa! I'm gonna give it eight point five. Um. Uh, bubbling cauldrons of dog soup out of 10 which i've eaten by the way that's 
well, Brian, you um, can... Wait, how, how, are we, how are we not... Give your rating, and then how are we not discuss the concept of dog reading the career yet? Uh, Brian, give your rating, and I can, we can talk about dog... I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it I'll stick with my original rating I'm gonna give it four out of five groups of Koreans on the tops of buildings in yellow hoodies throwing yellow confetti, which is what originally Siskel and Ebert before they came up with a thumbs up thumbs down this is what they did. Even this. Even though this movie came out years after Gene Siskel passed away. Well, it was all it's always a thing. It's a standard trope. I mean. Standard. Um yeah, dog. I it's one of those things where you go to this one restaurant that has the dog soup restaurant, and there's these old people that sit there and eat it on like a for breakfast on a Sunday. And it's kind of tastes like beef and something that, you know, hey, when in when in Rome, you know, just try it. I like just uh, for a food review, the the soup itself is unlike any soup I've ever had. It was tasty. I, it seemed like beef could have been used just as much as well, but like that's it's that one specific soup, like the one way to get it. And the fat curls in a really weird way, like dog f meat fat just kind of curls when you when it cooks when it gets cooked. Um, anyway, that's my review of dog soup, and I've I had it a three times, I think. For the record, I have I have never eaten dog in uh, in China or Korea or Thailand. It was I'm not defending it. it. It's a it's a it's a dog they specifically breed for meat, and it's good. And I'm very I tried it just you know I tried it. This was when I was in my 20s, and like I would eat anything. Um, I wouldn't eat it again, but um, just I I it's it's I am glad that they don't do it anymore. Uh, it's not unnecessary. You know, you could just just as well put beef in the soup. Not to say that eating cow is an amazing thing, but anyway. It is, though. We eat and we die. That's it. It is. Eat what you On can. On that note, I need to get to work. All right. Well, join us next week for... We're going to watch Mother. Mother, which... I saw once years ago, like when around when it came out. This came out in two thousand nine. Uh, don't remember much about it, but is this the one with um Jennifer uh, Love Hewitt or Jennifer Aniston or Jennifer um, Jennifer Lawrence J Law? It might be a different mother. Mother two thousand nine, and all the actors have Korean names. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it might be a different. I, I think I know what you're talking. I wonder about. if J Law's is a remake then. <laughs> I would be surprised. <laughs> wait, wait, really? Wait, I, I need to know this. <laughs> yeah, J-Law, J-Law, that's what we're calling her now. I, I mean, the whole, like, I, I mean, her uh, Hunger Games, that's just all based on Battle Royale from... Which which might have to make an appearance in movie month at some point. I watched that uh, a couple weeks ago. For I'm going to be on the again the Headlong to Monsters podcast, and it's school themed. And oh. And and I, I watched it so good. It's it's an amazing movie. Uh, yeah, but she is in 2017 film called Mother, and it's a horror movie. I've seen oh, it. that's the Aronofsky one. Oh, it's very different. Very different. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, no. Oh wait, I, Aronofsky did Mother. Aronofsky did did Mother. Yeah, that was I, I enjoyed yeah, that. I am I am behind on my Aronofsky. I, I didn't did up. you see the whale? I haven't heard good things about the whale. I, I've seen it. Did you like it? 
if you were like, you know, listen, yeah, it was all right. It was all right. Like, here's the deal. If you, it was, it, it was, it, it was, I'm sure it's a great stage play. It like basically takes place in one single room. So I like movies like that. Ooh, 12 Angry Men vibes, you know? Um, but like, you know, it, it what, bo what bothered me about it on the inside a little bit was like, oh, yeah. Okay, if you wanted to write an Oscar movie like this, is what you would write, right? Right. No. right. <laughs> what do you, what do you yeah. think about the ending? I know what happens. Don't say it, obviously, for Marco, but I know what happens. The very right. first ending. I, I I need I need to hop off. Sorry. All right, hop off. I don't remember right. the ending. All right. See you, Marco. All right. See you guys. See you guys next week. Let's right. spoil this movie for everybody in case. Uh, okay. okay, every everybody for the folks at home. A spoiler for the whale. Um, he floats up into the air, right? Oh fuck! Oh, is this like the Greece ending? Or did I? Like, I heard he jumps someone. in a fucking cat. No, you're thinking of Greece when they get in the fucking car and drive, and it floats away. That's Greece. That's a musical. Okay, 1970s John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John. So he doesn't step off of a ledge and then float up into heaven or something. I actually don't remember what happens at the end. I only saw this like a couple months ago. All right, we'll we'll revisit it on Aronofsky. So anyway, so, so that was I. I give that a what was your rating? <laughs> wow, we covered three movies tonight. We we did. Yeah, I think we did talk more about uh, Sleeping Dogs than or Barking Dogs than. No, we did. no, we did a good. No, we did like an hour on the host. We were good on that. One. We were good. All right. Well, um, and so that's it. And then there were two. And then there were two. Should we just keep going? Well, we this is what we do every week. We just we we fucking record until there's one person left, and that one person just falls asleep, and then we edit and post. All right. So well, this is like a.